Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to the Bob and Ben Show. Thank you for that wonderful intro, Bob. Yes, today is Sunday, July 25th, as we record this podcast. I, as Bob already mentioned, am Ben Henry, alongside our special guest, Matthew Henry. (laughs) Say something inane and pointless, Matthew. Wait a minute. I'm not a special guest. You're special to me. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I see. Bob is now the new star. Yeah, clearly. Bob is the star of the show. This is this is really the Bob show with special sidekick Ben Henry. And you're like, I don't know, you're you're that you're that guest on the talk show that 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 shows up because somebody else canceled. That's right. Yeah, the right? guy that they just pull in whenever. Yeah, yeah. Somebody. You're Neil deGrasse Tyson or or um <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know whoever the equivalent is, you know, for all the other talk show hosts, not to say that Neil deGrasse Tyson isn't awesome. It's just that, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's not a film or television star, which is what you usually expect on those shows. But anyway, uh, Neil, I mean, Matthew, um, say something inane and pointless. I got nothing. Yeah. Good job. Good job. That's excellent. Excellent. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Excellent job. Uh, Yes. And also, I do want to say before we get to anything else, I mean, you know, the person who writes our blurbs sometimes gets a little carried away. And some of you may have been concerned when you saw that I was being phased out. You can't phase me out. Okay, all of you would be phased out. I'm the only thing that stays in the spotlight. So Ben can't be phased out. So if any of you were concerned about that, Ben is staying part of the show. Yeah. And let's be clear. Ben is bankrolling this operation. So he's got to stay. That's right. That's why Matthew does all the hard work, because I'm paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) Not that it's that expensive. uh, But anyway, uh, back to back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes. Today is Sunday, July 25th. And the Giants uh, went four and three this week, a winning week. Um they're bringing their total record to 62 and 37. As of this very moment, they stand two games in front of the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, in the NL West and in the National League. And I think for the best record in baseball, no, no, I think, no, they are ahead of the Houston Astros by a game and a half for the best record in Major League Baseball. The uh, L.A. Dodgers have fallen into third place for that particular um, accolade. So, you know, hey, uh, take that, everybody. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so, you know, first of all, it started off with a fantastic three and one record against the Dodgers. And then... Dodgers suck. They do, Bob. They do, Bob. But you know who else sucks? The Pittsburgh Pirates. They suck <sighs> hardcore. And the Giants went one and two against them at home. And we'll get into a little bit of that later. But but before we do, Bob, I think you've got to ask me a question. He does. What is he going to ask? What are you drinking? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. Today, I am drinking a gin buck. And what is a gin buck? Well, a gin buck is actually a very, very simple cocktail. It is simply a, 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 a well, it's two ounces. In my particular case, it's two ounces of gin uh, topped off with um, uh, ginger ale. And then uh, you have a squeeze of lime and boom, you've made yourself a gin buck. A buck is a simple recipe that you can actually add any spirit to. And a gin buck is one of my favorite versions of this. I usually make it with uh, ginger beer rather than ginger ale. But today I was fresh out of of ginger beer. And we found ourselves in a situation where, where I was kind of in a hurry and I had to kind of make a cocktail quickly on the fly. And when I need a cocktail, 
that's a quick just go to cocktail that's going to be satisfying that's going to make that's going to be refreshing that's going to get the job done at the end of a long day and i really just don't want to put a lot of effort into making a cocktail i will always go to the gin buck and that's kind of the situation that i found myself in today you know i was in a hurry i needed something quick and i needed something good uh so i went to a gin buck and you know honestly this is one of those cocktails that I could drink it every day and and be happy. I mean, I would be a little bit sad if I couldn't drink any other kind of cocktails, but if you told me that this was the only cocktail I could ever have for the rest of my life, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a light, nice, light, refreshing, easy go-to cocktail. And uh, you know what? It's, it's, also, it's also a nice cocktail to have um, going into next week, because uh, next week I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to drink something else that I is going to be decided by the gods because Buster hit a home run last week, and so you know um, it, it's nice to have a, a a comfort cocktail before you you go into that strange and dangerous land. But uh, with that, Bob, what, why don't you ask Matthew the question? What are you drinking? Well, Bob. I'm actually drinking something kind of similar to what Ben is drinking today because Ben had to improvise because he was out of time. I actually had to improvise because I'm traveling this week and I'm on vacation visiting my mother, our mother. You know her. I am familiar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and. So I, I know she doesn't have a liquor cabinet. And so I grabbed one of those um, airplane uh, bottles of booze that I got at BevMo a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so I just bought that. And, um, and well, I brought actually what I got was the oh, now I forget what it's called. Oh, Jack Daniels Fire, I think is what it's called. It's basically their version of a cinnamon uh, whiskey, right? I so, see. so I, this is a cinnamon Tennessee whiskey. It is a cinnamon Tennessee whiskey uh, with ginger beer because I didn't run out of ginger beer and I brought a bottle with me uh, and it's got a slice of lime squeezed in there. And, uh, you know, what's really great about this is that the first taste you you get when you sip it is you, you taste the whiskey and then the the cinnamon hits you, and so it's it's really fun. I actually have never had a, a buck with this uh, with the cinnamon whiskey, but I, I really like it. So I, I will definitely do this one again. I, I think I could, you know, I, I could. I probably won't, to be honest. <laughs> I'm probably not going to buy a whole bottle of cinnamon whiskey, but if that's what you had, you're partying with the college guys or, you know, or the sorority sisters and there's some of that lying around, some fireball or something, you know, a good old cinnamon whiskey buck uh, is, is a good way to go. Or one day you come home from work when you're 23 years old and you realize that you're not that kid anymore and you still have that half bottle of Fireball sitting in your liquor cabinet that you brought with you from college. This is one way to, to burn that sucker off, you know, as opposed to just pouring it down the drain. Uh yeah, I'm not a big fan of the 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 cinnamon whiskeys. I gotta say, I you know I um I do think though that it I honestly I think this is a great way to use it. I do. I think it's a great way to use the uh the old the old cinnamon whiskey, and uh you know mix it with some sweet ginger beer and which has already got a nice spicy kick to it. So yep. you know maybe there's some complementary uh elements going on there. You know adding fire plus fire, uh, or maybe if you, maybe you had a ginger beer that you're not happy with. And it's not spicy enough, right? And so, so you gotta you gotta kick it up a notch, and you you've been looking for a reason to use that cinnamon whiskey because you didn't want to pour it down the drain. And uh, yeah, you know, I I mean, a good choice. I, I like I like I like the pairing. You know, I I also like the fact that you didn't buy a full bottle of it. That was also a good call. I, I definitely think this is one of those things that if you're gonna experiment and play around, yeah, definitely get the the uh, the airplane bottle version of the old, uh, fiery, uh, cinnamon whiskey. But, 
But are, but you're enjoying it? Is it good? Yeah. In fact, I think Bob would agree. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. <laughs> no, Bob, you're not to say <laughs> Thanks, that. Thanks, Bob. I'm glad Bob <laughs> agrees. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Look, look, you like what you like, you know, I mean, and and there should be no there should be no shame in that. So I, I don't want to shame anybody for their cocktail choices. But, you know, I will say this. Friends don't let friends drink Goldschlager. So let's just let's just draw the line at our cinnamon uh, liqueurs here at the cinnamon whiskey. How about that? OK. I mean, I hearken yeah. back to my college days when you say Goldschlager. That's when I thought I was really getting the good stuff you know it had gold in it then well, flakes of gold in it then yeah, yeah it is the good stuff right obviously exactly uh yeah no i i, I yeah i think some of my earliest uh, experiences also involved goldschlager and um you know maybe maybe we just have bad memories from that i don't know but anyway maybe we should just move on maybe, we should maybe we should just move on we should uh yeah okay so oh well first of all first of all matthew uh, there was a momentous event that happened this week, right? And and yes, the Dodgers, the Giants beating the Dodgers three out of four in that crazy up and down series was certainly a momentous event. And there were a lot of uh, great moments in that series. And there were some good things that happened in the Pirates series. Lamont Wade Jr. just popping off. But I got to tell you, Matthew, my most favorite thing this week was hearing the smooth, dulcet tones of one Dwayne Kuyper back on the airwaves after a long absence uh, while he was taking care of um, some medical issues. And uh, I got to tell you, man, that that it warmed my heart, literally warmed my heart. I think I got a little bit teary when I saw that he was back. I think I even saw it on a social media post. Because I was just so happy and so relieved to see him back. Yeah. And I thought it was great that they didn't tell Kruko that he was coming. And so if you if you have if you haven't seen it on social media, look up the video of when Kuiper walks into the broadcast booth and you can tell that Kruko was genuinely uh, he was heartened to see his old friend. It was it was a really great moment. And uh, yeah, I got a little little. Well choked up when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was good to see those two guys back together for sure, for sure. Um, how did the uh, how did the old uh, Facebook's pages react to it? You know, uh, you know. I'll be honest, I haven't been on the Facebook pages oh, this week yeah, because I've been on vacation and I've got better things to do. You know, like yeah. going, you know, gin shopping with you. You know, that's uh, that's right. We did go gin shopping. We yeah. did go gin shopping at a at a new distillery. Well, I don't know how new they are. Anyways, new to me. Uh, a new distillery to me, not too far from where you are now. And uh, yeah, that was an enjoyable trip. I really did enjoy that. We got a, got a got a couple of bottles. In fact, my gin buck is is built upon that very bottle of gin that I bought my for myself uh, yesterday. I figured so, as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good mm-hmm. call. It was a really good gin. And maybe someday we'll get them to sponsor the podcast, and we can actually call them out by name. Maybe. Although you're a member, so now you got, you know, some... That's true. That's true. You're a high roller now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think we have to get more than our 35 listeners. Probably. Probably. Before that, I, before that qualifies. I don't so, think they'll yeah, be too impressed. Those of you listening, tell your friends. Tell yes. your friends. We're not a secret that's meant to be kept. All right. Well, we should probably get into the Dodger series, right? I think we'd left last week wondering if we could beat the Dodgers uh, and and realizing that we really needed to. I know you were you were adamant. You were I think when we signed off, you were chastising Kapler and saying that he needed to sweep. And and, and I think the Giants could have swept. Well, I hate to say that that we gave up game was it two because then we got we got pretty fortunate in games three and four. I think the the luck pendulum swung, you know, both ways in that series, or at least, I don't know if you call it luck. Maybe, maybe it was just the baseball gods kind of swung I think it was just ways. a hard-fought series. Yeah. You know? And just the fact that we won in the ninth inning, you know, in games three and four, and the Dodgers won in the ninth, obviously on a walk-off against uh, Tyler Rogers. Really the only game that... Uh, 
know, you could breathe a little bit at the end of the game, towards the end of the game was uh, the first game. Game one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, game one. And and that started off with like back-to-back home runs in the first by the Giants, uh, including Mr. Posey, which is why you'll have to roll the dice later tonight. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then they came back in the bottom of the first and hit two bombs as well, which was the first time in the history of the Giants-Dodgers rivalry that that's ever happened. So that's always fun when new things like that. When they both went back-to-back in the first inning? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I would prefer it when it, you know, like the Giants beat the Dodgers by some, you know, great high score to very low score for the first time ever, uh, as opposed to <laughs> they both do the same thing to each other. I mean, it's a little anticlimactic, especially sure. when you're visiting, right? You know, both you know, having back-to-back homers by both teams in the first inning is a lot better when you're the home team. Yes. Uh, than when you're the, the visiting team. It, 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 Momentum Even though you swung. both did yes. the same thing, even yes. though you did the same thing, it really feels like a positive for one team and a negative for the other. Right. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, I think there's a, uh, there's so many things happen in that series. So many things happen in that series. But the first thing that I want to highlight is Kapler, I asked for a sweep. <laughs> I asked for a sweep. No, nay, I demanded a sweep. That didn't happen. I'm just pointing that out. So that's the first thing that I wanted to point out. <laughs> I demanded a sweep and I didn't get it. Uh, but, you know, I also said a going two and two was absolutely enough for that series. And, and I think winning, you know, three out of four, especially taking those last two games the way that they did was was a huge momentum shift. I think it really helped establish... Well, I mean, I don't know what it established for the Giants. I think the Giants already know that they're a good team and they already believe in themselves. But I think what it really did is it put a ton of pressure on the Dodgers. You know, and I, as I like to do, I watched the broadcast for the Dodgers after that. And, and certainly you could feel that from from the broadcast team from the broadcast booth you know at the end of game four they were talking about how you know the dodgers needed to to right the ship and they needed to do it quickly because the giants aren't going away Mm. and and it, it i think it's starting to you know you're starting to see there's a lot of pressure on the dodgers right they're starting to feel it and I think, you know, it was one thing when you felt like maybe the Giants were just this upstart that was eventually going to go away. But I think everybody now understands that's not going to happen. And you started to see a ton of frustration and anger over there. And I think that's a great thing. I, I think it puts the Dodgers in a position where they, you know, they might tighten up a little bit. Now, great teams have a way of persevering through that. And I know that they're a great team, but it, there's a lot of pressure over there right now. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think you certainly saw that when Max Muncy, you know, Dave Roberts got thrown out of two games back to back. Max Muncy was losing his mind after he saw that Darren Ruff check swing in um, what was that in game three? Uh, and yeah, I can't remember which 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 game it was game was. four, but I'm not was sure. it game four. But, you know, he was losing his mind uh, about that, you know, even though in that same at bat, you know, Darren Ruff had, you know, a ball that was, you know, basically that went to the backstop called a strike. Uh, you know, so it's not like that at bat was was supposed was destined to go the Dodgers way to begin with. But, you know, the point is you saw a lot of anger and frustration from the Dodgers, and you felt it from their fan base too. Because, you know, what was really interesting to me was how much, how angry they were with Jansen as he was blowing those two games. Right. The thing is, Jansen's had a good season up until those two games, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, he's had a couple of rough spots, but like, which closer hasn't, right? You know, it, it was, and it was really interesting to me just how much fire and venom was coming from the Dodger fan base towards their own team in that game. And it just felt like a little bit of frustration. You know, the whole organization is frustrated about the state of of the standings, right? And the fact that the Giants are ahead of you. And I think the one thing that was going for them was, well, at least we beat them whenever we play head-to-head. And here they were giving games away and letting the Giants walk out of there with a three to one win in the series. Yeah. And I think that I think the Dodgers fans are conditioned, you know, to expect, 
their team to always win. I mean, let's face it, they've they've been the top dog for several years now. And I think, yeah, and this year they were expected to be field one of the best teams ever. I mean, I heard 113 wins right. as a possibility before the season started, right? So there were a lot of expectations that are not being met. And I think the Dodger fans are are, are right. not understanding how to react to this. And, and yeah, to see them blow up at Jansen, you know, I, I'm not sure if the Giants fans would have done that, but... I don't I, I'm not for sure, because I think, you know, there's that frustration with your bullpen. They've been experiencing similar letdowns and, you know, uh, yeah, they they were beautiful. But it didn't help the situation because then they came back out the next night. I mean, it started on Thursday night or Wednesday night and then uh, came back on Thursday and he you know failed to, 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 to close the door again. But let's can I talk about that last inning on that on game four? Because. Man, Ruff's, you know, at bat was kind of the pivotal at bat there. I don't know. Let me ask Bob. Bob, can he talk about that? Are you drunk? (laughs) Uh, Maybe, Bob. I think Bob means yes. I think Bob means yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, well, well, Darren Ruff, you know, in that at bat, you know, we've had talks about this. It's no secret that I am ready for umpire, uh, robot umpires. Yes. And, you know, I'm. I may have jumped out of my seat when what should have been ball three was called strike one against Ruff in that at bat, and I mean just the the shift in that at bat from the difference between three and zero oh and two and one uh, was huge, and yeah. and and I I was like if this ump screws it up for us, you know, and I was expecting that, like I was like okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. it, you know, and now we're going to this game's going to end. And, you know, so when when it came down to that final pitch in the at bat and rough, you know, checks his swing and, you know, let's be honest, clearly went. Uh, oh, he definitely swung. Yeah. Everybody in the universe knows. He yes. Swung. And uh, but it got called a ball. I was like, well, I guess that's the way it goes, right? I mean, no one was complaining about the, you know, the the, the pitch three pitches earlier. So, you know, I, you know, it was it was a really amazing moment. And I was actually a little incredulous. Like it took me a second to register that now the game was tied. And yeah, uh, yeah it was um, it was pretty amazing. And well, it was pretty crazy what, what happened in that sequence of events. I, I mean, the one thing that I will say that I noticed from watching that broadcast was how many calls went the Giants' way. And 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 I, I want to point that out because – and they were all close calls. I don't, I'm not saying that the Giants uh, got a lot of bad calls that, that – breaks that went their way. But there were a lot of close calls that went the Giants' way. And, and I think they did get a couple of breaks. You know, and that at bat – you know, I think that check swing clearly was a swing, but let's face it, that pitch never should have happened. The pitch where Darren Ruff had his major check swing never should have happened because if that previous strike had been called a ball, ball four would have already happened and he would have already walked in the, the tying run. So, you know, I understand where the Dodger fans are coming from and I understand where Max Muncy was coming from. But at the end of the day, when you shake it all out, the breaks go both ways. And I think... To me, you know, as a Giants fan, I don't remember the last time where there was a series where it was that, you know, against the Dodgers or against a huge rival where it seemed like the breaks were going the Giants way. And I just kind of, you know, in that moment, I just kind of sat back and enjoyed it. (laughs) You know, it was like, finally, it's happening. So, you know, the one thing is, is that, you know, we can't say it never happens to the Giants because boom, there it happened. That was our one chance. We can all remember it. We can all relish in it. I mean, I think the honest truth is it happens to everybody, but we only remember the bad. Th- we remember the bad things better than we remember the good ones. But what happened in that inning? I mean, besides the rough walk, I mean, you know, Vossler's, uh, you know, secondary lead and getting, you know, he he was safe at second base on a ground ball to shortstop. And you talk about luck. You know, I think some of that was luck because the second base taking the throw, he doesn't stretch to to get the ball. If he if he reaches out even in an inch or two to receive that ball, then Vossler's out. Uh but he basically stands on the bag waiting for the ball to come to him. 
Vossler was hustling, got a great secondary lead, took off uh, and beat the throw. I mean, it took replay to, to, to do that, but, uh, you know, it was the right call. I mean, he was safe. And, you know, just those little things. I mean, Vossler in the last 10 games is hitting like a buck 80 or something ridiculous like that. I mean, he's not hitting well, but in big situations, that guy shows up and it's uh, he's a cool cucumber. He you know? is. And you would you would forget that he's a rookie, that he's never played in the majors before this year. And yeah. every time he comes up in these big situations, he just looks so calm up there when he's at bat. And, you know, in, in contrast to you see some other rookies or they, where you can clearly you just know that things are not going to end well, that they're going to strike out or whatever. And he just seems to have control of the of the, the, the at bat from the very beginning. And. He, did, you know, he doesn't swing at those like, you know, curveballs in the dirt, those, you know, the the 59 foot curveballs that are you know designed to get him to swing. And I just I, I really like the guy. I mean, he's he's a gritty guy that, yeah, he's not a starter and shouldn't be. But he has been no. a very good role player for us. Well, no, no, he's not a starter. Not only that, he's a replacement player. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that whole stat called wins above replacement. <laughs> yeah. Right? That replacement kind of guy, they're talking about Vossler's and Estrada's of the world. And the Wade Juniors of the world for that matter. Although I, I think Wade Jr., when he's at least batting against a right hander, is a is clearly a world beater and a major league baseball player, but you know, he just wasn't there at the beginning of the season. But 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 my point is is that Estrada and Vossler and and even Wade Jr. to a certain extent, they're replacement players. Right. These are the guys that you bring up when somebody gets hurt and they are expected to be the worst players in Major League Baseball. That's why that whole wins above replacement stat exists. And that is not what you get out of those guys. They come up and they play really, really hard and they play really, really well. They play like veteran players. And some of the takes, yeah, that I've seen Vossler take and Estrada take. And in that particular case, you know, it was really those three guys. That whole rally was built upon the backs of Vossler, Estrada, and Wade Jr. Yes, Darren Ruff had a lot to do with that. Solano had something to do with that. But, you know, for the most part, it was those three guys. These guys who weren't even on the major league roster when the season began. One of whom you expect as soon as somebody gets healthy, he's going to go right back to AAA. Right. And that's that's the role that Vossler has this year. And it's utterly astounding the way that they all of these guys have performed and played. You know, this is the reason that the Giants on the offensive side have have stayed competitive through all of these injuries. And and that game, I think, really epitomized the impact that these players have had on the Giants. And it's you're absolutely right. There's sometimes where you see a rookie come up to bat and, you know, he's going to strike out. And that's just not what we're getting, right? We expect Vossler and and Estrada now uh, to, uh, to 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 put you know to put a good uh, to put up a good at bat, get wood on the ball at the very least, you know, hit it hard and maybe not get the outcome that you want, but sometimes they do. And with Wade Jr., we just simply expect him to hit the ball out of the ballpark because that's all he does now. <laughs> Five home right. runs in his last ten games, yeah. And, but but still no his, hits against the left hand. But arguably, yeah, right. But arguably, the biggest hit was that Dodger hit. I mean, you know, to to finalize the scoring against Jansen in that at ninth inning, he comes up and just lines the first pitch into right field. I mean, it was like he just came well, up seeking something and wasn't afraid to let it rip. And that's what I like about that guy. Like he just he has no fear. And right. and he's a professional hitter against Absolutely. right-handers for sure. And and just I, I I love his attitude. And my only complaint is he shaved off the stash because I thought the stash was like you know that he I, was one oh, of the few that looked good. It looks so good on him. And yeah, yeah. now he looks all yeah. baby faced and all that. But uh, yeah. but man, I love that guy. And yeah, and it's that gonna be stash he I, had on. Yeah. They're gonna have to find a spot for him. Well, especially against right-handers. You know, even when uh, all of our regulars return. I don't know how you send him down. Right. I, I, I really don't. I really don't. And, you know, and, and because he can play both first base and the outfield, I think he does give you some of that versatility that um, that Maurizio Dubon brought, you know, at the beginning of the season. 
Um, I mean, you know, he did have that one unfortunate error yes. during uh, during the pirate series that that really hurt. But but other than that, yeah, no, I agree. They they got to find a way to to keep him. But sticking to that Dodgers game and that Dodgers that particular moment in time when Wade Jr. had that hit, what astounded me about that situation was the the save was already blown. Dave Roberts had just been thrown out of the game, and, they and I don't kept know Jansen in, I, yeah. Why I don't like I don't know I don't know who was up in the bullpen, but and I don't know honestly what the the Dodgers situation is with with left-handed relievers, but you have to bring a left-hander in there, right? Yeah. Lamont Wade Jr. has never gotten a hit in his major league career against a left-hander, never. And you leave Jansen in, who's clearly scuffling. And, you know, I I mean, I don't know that he was clearly scuffling. There was a, yeah, he got he got a lot of outs in that inning. Like, you know, he... he, he yeah, the ground ball to short. Struck out rough. Yeah, he struck out he rough. He had the ground ball yeah. to short. You know, I think the Dodgers fans are actually too hard on him. I think he, he got the deal done. But, you know, the laws of base, you know, the gods of baseball just didn't want it to go that way. You know, or his second baseman didn't want to go that way because he didn't want to take the effort to stretch out and catch that ball. Whatever. Point is, like, Jansen got the job done. But at the same time, he was scuffling and struggling and the bases were loaded and it was a tie game. And, you know, Lamont Wade Jr. can't hit left-handers because he never, ever has. And they left him in. To me, that just struck me as a as a total, total meltdown by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And... I mean, it's just it's just funny to, to 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 you know to recognize those things when it's happening to other teams, especially to the Dodgers in L.A. a season after they won the World Series. I, I just you know that was a Dodger meltdown, and the Giants totally took advantage of it, and it just seems so rare. <laughs> you know, that was a special moment, Matthew. That was a special moment. And I hope all Giants fans really, really enjoyed it as much as I did. Because yes, it was great because our team came through, but it was also great because their team choked. And it was just so fun to watch all of those things happen at the exact same time. That might have been that might have been the highlight of 2021 for me so far. <laughs> and I don't mean just in baseball. I mean the whole year. <laughs> And I'm counting my vaccination shots. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that a couple of the things that I just want to mention about that series before we we move on, uh, you know, Gosman struggled and, you know, and, and I think at first it was chalking it up to, you know, he's gone through a lot. His you know wife's having complications in her pregnancy and he had to fly back out. And, you know, there was just. Yeah, his his whole routine was 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 gone, and he hadn't thrown in a while, right? He hadn't pitched. And he was coming you know, off of yeah. the All Star break, right? And and he participated in the All Star festivities, even though he didn't play. And so, yeah, there was a yeah. lot going on, right? Yeah, I think that's easily how you, yeah, yeah, that's how you have to kind of look at that. But you know, obviously, after his start against the uh, the Pirates, there is a little bit of concern. But what what I did see, or what what struck me when watching that first game was, you know, yes, Gosman didn't have his best stuff. He was struggling to locate his split finger. Uh, but at the same time, the Dodgers were not helping him, right? I mean, they were, they were, you know, not swinging at pitches out of the strike zone and they were running up his pitch count. And it reminded me of another team that I've been watching all, all season. And I, I got a taste of what it must feel like for fans of teams that are facing the Giants when the Giants just run their pitch count of their starters up to like 80 or 100 by the fourth inning right I mean it it just you know you're obviously it changes the whole complexion of a game because now you're bringing in you know relievers who you didn't plan on pitching and and you know and it stretches out things and then in our case the the Giants bullpen did great in that first game and and we came away with a win uh fortunately but I think it really, you know, so two things came out of that. Well, you know, Galsman struggling was a concern, but also just, man, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants are very similar in the way they approach at bats. And it's pretty maddening to see like your, your ace, you know, not getting the outs that you're used to seeing. And, uh, and I can only imagine what that's like for other, for other fans watching the, their team play the Giants. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely maddening. 
it was definitely it was definitely maddening, uh, you know, and, and I think I mean, at, at that point in time, I think that's kind of what I chalked it up to. Yeah, absolutely. It was just sort of like all those things. Plus, you know, yeah, a tough lineup. And I mean, although I will say there were just some pitches that Gossman was making in that game that I think any lineup would have taken. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he it, wasn't it was close. very, very clear. Right. Yeah. On a lot of stuff that he just didn't have his stuff. That was a great game for our bullpen. Right. They really did come through and win that game for us. Right. And allow the Giants to finally break through and turn that into a, a relatively easy win at seven to two. Yes. Yeah, that was a great performance. Six innings of one hit ball uh, is what yeah. they did. So, yeah, that was right. that was pretty amazing. Another great outing by the Giants bullpen, uh, a, a part of the team that, that you and I have lambasted many, <laughs> many times, especially earlier in the season when they were not doing well. Um, but but for sure. But, you know, I mean, I think I think, yes, that that's a good thing to point out, because I think it does segue nicely into the Pirates series. Because, Matthew, like that Dodgers series was huge for us. Right. Like it was such a major win. Right. It was for the second time in a row. The Giants won a four game series in Chavez Ravine and won, won three out of four there both times. It was a battle for first place where you know the Dodgers were coming in expecting to leave that series in first place. Like, I think for a lot of people, that was the moment. That was the opportunity. That was the time where the Dodgers were going to reassert their authority and push past the Giants and become the number one team in baseball and coast their way to their second World Series. That was the moment. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen. And it was... And it was amazing, right? And and it didn't happen in these very, very, like, dramatic games with these dramatic outcomes, right? With the the, the extra innings, you know, or, or sorry, late inning, you know, implosions or breakthroughs, however you want to look through it, look at it from both sides. And it was a great win, right? I mean, it wasn't the sweep that I demanded, but I was psyched, right? A three to one win. Yeah. And like, yeah, now we're going back to San Francisco and we're going to play the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. Who had just been and... swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's what the Pirates were coming off of. They got swept by the Diamondbacks coming into the series against the Giants. I'm sorry, you just broke me. You just broke me. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates had just been swept by one of the worst teams to ever play baseball. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then they come into San Francisco. Yes. And do that. Where to the us. Giants do nothing but win. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I was actually excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, crap. They're playing like like crap. Uh, but then I'm also thinking, oh, God, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're due. And, and it seemed like we got the ladder there. So, it, Oof. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Matthew, I got to tell you, like, I'm I. I was so disappointed by that. I mean, I was so and I know the Giants are still in first place and I know it, it you know, look, every win matters. Right. And, and you got to beat the bad teams. So so. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's it. I, yeah, look, every team is, is down to have, is, is, is bound to have a letdown, but that loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates after the Dodgers series to finish the season series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, what three, three and four, they lost the season series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Like I was upset that they lost the season series to the Cardinals now they've lost the season series to the Pirates. I was just, it, it just, it really, ugh. I mean, ugh. I was really bummed. I was really bummed. I was, those first two, ugh. Well, yeah, and it wasn't was, like, well, maybe this, uh, the game on Saturday, uh, you know, the Pirates clearly outplayed the Giants. But in the first game, like, I was just looking at the box score um, because I you know, I watched a little bit of the game, but I wasn't paying 100% attention because I'm on vacation and I'm trying to, you know, be the do the vacation thing. But the Pirates were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position on Friday, and they still won 6 to 4, right? And, and you know, so, which, which maybe 
maybe discredits that whole runners and scoring position stat to begin with because it doesn't mean crap when you can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But, you know, I, I think, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, Cueto gave up three runs on five uh, in five innings. That's considered a quality start. And 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 I if, if I had gone on to Facebook, I'm sure I would have saw everybody demanding that Cueto get traded. And, you know, but he gave up three runs in five innings. Uh, he kept the, the game close uh, and, you know, they, they should have won that game. And then, you know, the Dominic Leone, you know, walks three batters, records only one out, uh, you know, and you, you, when your bullpen does that. Oh, Bob has something to say about that, actually. Our bullpen sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting uh. to pull that one out. You know, Bob's been waiting to say that for a while, and our bullpen's actually been playing okay. But in that case, uh, yeah, they they sucked, and as you know, especially Leon. I mean, he's been pitching well, well was, but in that it game, it was Dominic Leon. Yeah. It was Dominic Leon who really laid an egg in that game. Yeah. He he walked three guys, um, and and got one out. Um, and, and that was really, yeah, you can't have an outing like that. And, and I do think we were a little bit hurt by the, the three pitcher, three batter rule in that particular case. For sure. They, right. Cause it was clear he didn't he, have it and they have to keep him in. It's clear he didn't have it. And, and that, that really, really hurt. I mean, that was the game right there. You, you can't walk three guys. No, you can't walk three guys and get one out. Right. I mean, that's just, and, and I think, you know, in years past, he might, but he might have only faced one or two batters, right? Once it was clear, like he might have only faced two batters, especially if he walked them both, right? I, I think that you would have, you would have not let him um, pitch uh, to three batters. Certainly, wouldn't have let him pitch to four. And I mean, that was that was the moment, you know. I, overall, though, I mean, I, you know, the, you know, uh, gosh, the Giants had eight hits. They were two for nine with runners in scoring position. You know, I, I think the difference there was the Giants just didn't hit any of their, you know, that, well, I guess they only went deep once. No, they went deep twice. Yeah. Just at the wrong moments in time. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a funny game, baseball, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it it is, it is, you know, the Giants hit those home runs at different time when runners are in base and this, and, and, you know, you, Dominic Leone's outing, which was not good, be, kind of comes irrelevant and and they win that game. Yeah, well, that, so, and that was the inning where Lamont Wade made his error. I mean, there was a ground ball to first, and he bobbled oh, it. Right, and, that's you know, right. And and so, but you know, you've you've walked three guys on base. You can't expect that you're going to get out of that unscathed. I mean, you know, there's just oh, you know, that's right. That's why that's why Dominic Leone only takes one Ernie there, right? Because, right. Yeah. Because he should have gotten out of that inning. Yeah, and two runs scored on that play. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a weird play too. I don't even know how Lamont Wade dropped that ball. It was I don't like, think he, he knows. had it in his bare hand. <laughs> he had it in his bare hand, and then it looked like he went he to just shovel it. it. Yeah, and he just fumbled it. Yeah, I, I that was weird. I you know, and I don't know. Maybe 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 the whole game hinges on that play. You know, I don't know. And a couple of misses and here and there, but it's just. It was just a letdown, you know, and, and I, I think I think what I'm saying is it just totally bummed me out. And I, you know, as a fan, like I'm bummed. Yeah. You know, I like I it really would have been nice to, to, to see them, you know, at least win that series against the Pirates. Like, you know, everybody would have expected them to do and and finish the week, you know, five and two instead of four and three and be even a game better off than they are. And. And it didn't go their way. And, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe there doesn't have to be a reason, <laughs> right, for every little thing. But I'm bummed about it. You know, I'm bummed. It was just like, you know, you finally break through against the Dodgers and then you just, ugh. Oh, you come in and you lay an egg against against the Pirates and it just, it, you know, doesn't doesn't feel good, man. You know, you know, it, it, it it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I It's just one of those things where you're just like, man, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm just I, I, I'm one of those. What is it? I'm, I'm that fan with the first world problem. Right. It's like I want to beat everybody all the time. <laughs> right. Which is my prerogative because I'm a fan. Yes. Well, and you want to beat the team that's like the second worst team in, in the majors. Right. I mean, that's just there's an expectation yeah. that that's going to happen considering we have the best record in baseball and we've been playing so. Long. Right. 
Right. I mean, there's a universe where the Giants swept the Pirates and went three, one and three against the Dodgers and still went four and three for the week. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only difference is at least we kept the Dodgers down. Right. And, uh, you know, um, and I, I got to say, you know, the Dodgers did lose one of those games against the Rockies. <laughs> yes. Um, in extra innings. In, in, in extra innings. And when, when, when uh, Jimmy Scherfey. Took the loss in the 10th Oh, good old Jimmy. Thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Scherfey. <laughs> you know, there's been a couple of players that, you know, we talked about Wade Jr. I mean, he, he he's hit five home runs since the All-Star break. His OPS is like 1.2 something. I mean, it's over 1,000. His weighted runs created plus is like 190 or something ridiculous like that. I mean, he is... Uh, you know, he's playing out of his mind. But, you know, the bullpen has been interesting because we haven't talked about Jay Jackson. And Jay Jackson was somebody they made room for on the 40-man, and I can't even remember what move they did to make that happen. But, you know, he was... I, I hadn't, to be honest, hadn't really heard much of Jay Jackson, so I looked him up. And if you look up his career, uh, he spent... Parts of a couple of seasons in the majors, but he's played in like Japan, Venezuela, uh, Mexico, uh, you know, not not the pedigree that you would expect of somebody to come up and save your bullpen. But he's pitched five and a third inning so far. He has not allowed a hit uh, since he's been up. And I think he struck out like half the batters that he's faced or something ridiculous like that. Uh, so, you know, that could be a really nice addition to, you know, and he came in today, they brought him in and, uh, you know, it's clear that now Kapler thinks that this guy is, you know, uh, someone that he can trust and go to. And he certainly showed it so far. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So he's played for Boise, Caracas, Chibi Latte, Chiba Latte. I don't know. I don't know. It's the Japan League. I apologize for pronouncing that poorly, <laughs> as I'm sure I did. Daytona, El Paso, Hiroshima, Indianapolis, Iowa, Jacksonville, Mazatlan. Mazatlan. Uh, I bet that was a fun place to play. There's one thing where... It... Oh, he played for Mexico in the Caribbean series. Uh, Milwaukee, Nashville, New Orleans, Obregon. <laughs> Yaquis de Obregon. <laughs> Ciudad Obregon. Oh, and Sonora. Okay. Peoria, Sacramento, San Antonio. And he's played for the Pirates. Uh, sorry, the Padres and the Giants. Oh, and, and the Brewers. He also played for, right? uh, did I miss Milwaukee? I thought he played for the Brewers. I'm not looking at his stats. So I don't remember. Well, he might have been part of their organization, but it doesn't look like okay. he ever pitched for them. So, so, he, so no, he never made a performance in Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> But uh, but he did pitch for Tennessee. He is uh, yes, he's been around. Um, he has uh, fourteen seasons all across all those different cities. He is his passport 30... looks is really well stamped. That's for sure. Yes, is really well stamped. He's he's thirty two years old, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean the one thing that I would say like what I expected from him was was to be crafty right this is a guy like this is not your typical rookie who's going to come up and and be overwhelmed by the situation right i think this is like this is a a a veteran baseball player who has played lots and lots of baseball and is not going to be overwhelmed by the situation and he's going to do things that are you know um that are going to be unusual. And I think one of the first outings that I saw him in, he threw six straight sliders and then froze the guy on a fastball right down the middle. Yeah. Because it was just like he threw slider after slider after slider and then boom, fastball right down the middle, strike three, sit down. And it was, it was a move that I was like, Oh, that's, that's not a rookie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun, it was a fun outing to watch, but, um, uh, yeah, and it's just another uh, Farhan Zaidi special. Yeah. Uh, and so far, so good, right? 
Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. It's, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we talked about trading for a big arm, but if we got guys that can do that, then, you know, maybe Zaidi doesn't make a move. And and I know we by the, at this time next week, we'll be able to talk about whether this happened or not. But, you know, I'm I'm. I would be surprised if we go after. I know you want Craig Kimbrell. I don't. I I know you want some guy that's going to come in and shut the door in the ninth. I do too. But I, every time I see some guy like Jay Jackson doing what he's doing, I just feel like, I feel like it's not going to happen. So don't get your hopes up. Okay. Okay. I, I will accept your logic saying don't get my hopes up when you see a Jay Jackson and you just don't think it's going to happen. But I'm going to make some bold assertions here in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in and I hope that I'm wrong. A 32-year-old journeyman who has played 14 seasons across, I don't know, a thousand different cities is not the guy. <laughs> He's not the guy. Okay? He's not the guy who's going to deliver us to the promised land. You don't know this what he could have learned in, in Mazatlan. You know, I mean, maybe in Shibu Botan or whatever you were calling it, maybe he learned some Shibalate. secret pitch. You know, you don't know. Uh... I, you're right. I, I don't know. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just going to assert that I'm not. This is not the answer. I think they Major League Baseball players will figure out the 32-year-old journeyman. And I believe that the you know that he is not an equivalent of Craig, Craig Kimbrell. I don't think it's that easy. If it were that easy, he would have started the major league season with the Giants, right? Fair if enough. If everybody yeah. believed that, if that was the secret, he would have been on the team all season. Jay Jackson is not the answer. So that's my first assertion. My second assertion is this. The Giants' bullpen will blow a game in the postseason if they do not improve it. This bullpen is going to lose a game in the, Our bullpen, bullpen in, in the, in the postseason. <laughs> it's not that they suck, Bob. It's just that they're at best mediocre. And they are not elite. And I want an elite bullpen for a postseason run. I do. Just, you know, sue me. I want an elite bullpen for a postseason run. An elite bullpen is going to help us win the World Series. And I would love to see us make a move to make the bullpen better. I don't think Jay Jackson... Calm down, Ben. ...is going to get it done. No, I'm not going <laughs> to calm down. Absolutely not. All you've done is made me angrier, Bob. The fact of the matter is this bullpen is not going to make it okay. all the way through the postseason. That's my assertion. If I have to, I hope they prove me wrong and I will gladly eat that crow. But I just do not believe that this bullpen is going to make it through the postseason unscathed and it needs help to make a deep run. I hate I hate to break it to you, Ben, but we have an elite bullpen. In the last two months, our bullpen is like ranked like first or second in the National League, right? And so, and in the top three or four in the majors. So yeah, I just don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I mean, I I know they're. I know the stats are showing that, but you know, like in that one key moment, in that one key game, you know, like uh, I I just I don't believe it. I, I don't I, believe it. I will tell you. I will concede this. You know, I, you know, Tyler Rogers is a, is a very effective, very good pitcher, but a the Dodgers seem to have figured him out. Yeah. And and two. He's not the kind of guy that you can bring in that's going to strike out the side, right? I mean, he is you you're relying on him to hit a ground ball to somebody. And the the problem with that is that sometimes ground balls aren't hit at people. And right. so when you really need, you know, a, a someone to come in and shut the door, our best reliever isn't that guy. So I you know, I share your 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 concerns there because I Here's feel like my point. that's I, I love McGee, I love Rogers. I think they're both great, but I think they are they are problematic. What I want is one more guy like them mm. that's different than them. 
Yeah. Right. That's what I want. It doesn't need to be Craig Kimbrell. You know, it doesn't need to be somebody of that level who's going to cost us that much. Right. But I just would feel much, much more comfortable if this bullpen had one more stud at the back end to help those two. Okay. Right. Somebody that you could go to, you know, because like I don't want to be in a situation where we're forced to use Rogers because we can't go to McGee or we can't go to McGee or we say we can't go to, you know, from McGee to Rogers because Rogers is not available. Right. Right. I don't want to be in a situation like that, especially when both of those guys are very much, you know, absolutely what they're going to do when they get on the mound. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think our bullpen will find out because this time next week, we're going to be talking about what we did or didn't do to address uh, this. Uh, you know, the the, the yeah. trade deadline is uh, less than a week away. Well, and, and we'll, we'll know. Right. Well, okay. So, so, so let's just back up here because I, I do want to say a couple of things about this. Like, because, as you know, I think, as I said at the very beginning of the season, I care very, very much about the Giants building for the future, and I want them to protect their assets for the future. So I will say this. If the Giants can force the Dodgers and the Padres, and the Padres just made a big trade today to get Adam Frazier, we don't quite know everything that they gave up, but the Padres made what I think what is definitely an upgrade, but I think a marginal upgrade given how they have to shift around their infield now to make him fit. And they gave up assets to get him. And so that hurts the Padres in the long run. And they got a guy that the Giants really didn't need or want. I want to see the Dodgers make those same kind of moves. And I'm hoping that they're desperate. This is going back to my point at the beginning of the, you know, when we were talking about the Dodgers. My hope is that the Dodgers are feeling the pressure and make make moves that they wouldn't have made to try and make this team better and hurt themselves in the future. So if the Giants end up making no moves at all or make moves that just don't give up a lot of their future assets, I will be a little bit disappointed for this team, but I will still feel like that's a win, right? Because I know that that means the Giants didn't mortgage their future for the present and their opponents may have. So... I really do, like, if that's what ends up happening and this ends up being our bullpen, so be it. I still think my former assertion stands, but so be it. I will be, at least I'll know that the Giants didn't mortgage their future. What I don't want to see happen is some of these crazy suggestions that I've been seeing come out of some writers and journalists saying, like, the Giants are going to get Sterling Marte or they're going to get Chris Bryant. Um, because that's what we need is a 33-year-old outfielder or a third baseman whose knee is injured and is also on the I.L. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess anybody can be a baseball writer these days. You know, anybody can have a podcast and not get paid for it, but I guess anybody can get paid to write that sort of stuff. But anyway, my point is, is that I would really rather see the Giants, if they make a move, improve the bullpen. If they don't make any moves at all and they stand pat with what they have, I understand why. And I'll be satisfied because I know that means they didn't mortgage their future. Right. But if they're going to improve anything, I really want them to improve the bullpen. I want one more piece back there. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I I fully expect that Zaidi will make a move, but I feel like it's going to be a underwhelming move to the fans. Uh, but... I'm going to trust in, uh, you know, what's been built so far and how they've constructed this team. And, you know, we have the best record in baseball. So there's some that say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, uh, you know, we definitely have some some ugly spots on the team. But overall, right. you know, we've been doing well. And and I think maybe the, the big addition is all the guys coming off the I.L. that we're expecting in the next uh, in the next, uh, you know, few weeks, including, you know, Sanchez and, uh, you know, Barriger. And there's just, you know, there's a bunch of people that could come back and help that, you know, are currently right. aren't helping. So anyway, so that's that. But hey, so we're, we're running out of time, but looking forward to next week is going to be a tough week. There are no Pittsburgh Pirates on the schedule. Instead, we have three games. Oh, okay. Instead, we have three games against the Dodgers. And three games against the Astros and, you know, both really good teams. So this uh, this next week's going to be a, a, a tough one. Fortunately, they're at home. Uh, the way the the uh, the pitching matchups are lining up for the Dodgers are, you know, Urias against Webb, 
on Tuesday after both teams have an off day on Monday. Uh, so that, you know, that's a tough matchup for Webb, but Webb's been pitching really well. Uh, we've we've definitely gotten to Urias. Um, have we? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, number two. Well, then we got a rematch of last week. We got Desclafani and Bueller uh, going against each other on um, on Wednesday. And then Thursday is Cueto and the Dodgers have David Price lined up, which is part of their now they're just piecing together that fifth starter uh, right now with um you know, with, with their their top two guys out. So, you know, we've got a good shot. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I don't I don't love p- hitting against Urias and Bueller. It seems like they're always pitching against us. Uh, but, you know, the, those are two teams. Those are, you know, we, we've beaten them before. We beat, you know, uh, you know, Bueller. We only got one run off of him. And we got to the bullpen late uh, last week. So, uh, right. Well, hopefully we'll see how that will shakes out. And then we got the Astros, you know, pitching matchups haven't been announced, but the Astros uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so a tough week, you know, six tough games uh, ahead yeah. of us. This is the week we're playing the Astros, not last week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you, yes. You, yes. I got that incorrect last week. That's right. It was a Ben. F up. Um, that's right. It was my F up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Matthew, I will definitely say this. Given the way that the Dodgers starting lineup is positioned right now you're always going to see Urias and Bueller because Dave Roberts wants it to be that way and he will make it happen that way because he can actually control that and will (laughs) so it doesn't just so happen that they face those guys face those guys they face those guys on purpose yeah uh but yes agreed it is a tough tough week and uh let's hope that the Giants uh, stay up for it yeah and let's hope Let's hope Gaussman gets his uh, his mechanics straightened out, and and uh, you know we'll see we'll see if any any reinforcements come via trade, and should be an interesting week. And what's interesting for you and I is that we are actually going to be seeing the Giants and Dodgers on Tuesday night in person. So been it'll be the first uh, MLB game I've been to in you know since uh, the pandemic hit. So I'm excited to to do that and uh, excited to, to see the Giants. And so uh, we'll be back next week to, to talk about it. And uh, let's see. I th- oh, you need to roll the dice. Roll the dice. And why? Because Buster Posey. That's right, Bob. Buster Posey. Uh, what should I do? Should I do a, uh, okay. I, so last time I think I did a sour. You did. So we got, and I've done a smash already. Yep. So we've got punch, flip, swizzle, Ricky, and fizz. Neither of us have done a Ricky yet. Oh, Ricky's are pretty simple. They're just yeah, uh, they are. soda. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I'm willing to I mean, do, you know, neither of us, so what we haven't done is, is a flip. Okay. Hey, it's your dice. You go for it. Well, I mean, if it's gonna, if I'm gonna be miserable, I might as well just just go ahead and throw an egg yolk in there while I'm at it and just get it over <laughs> with. All right, so I need a spirit. Uh, okay, so all I'm doing here is a spirit, uh, a spice, and a sugar or liqueur. Okay, so spirit, sugar, liqueur, which I can choose one or the other, or both, I guess, if I like them both, and a spice. All right, here we go. Four dice. Thank you, Buster. All right. It looks like we have a whiskey. Oh, God. (laughs) What? I get to choose either. Sweet vermouth with my whiskey and full egg. Oh. This is a flip. We're doing a flip. A flip has an egg yolk in it. Yeah. So, yeah, just to be clear. Well, I'm saying... I'm saying re-roll the vermouth die. That's well, no, you don't even know the bad news yet. That wasn't the bad. Oh, that news. wasn't okay to me. That was the bad news because I hate. Well, because I can I can use the the liqueur or I can use the sweetener. The sweetener was jam or preserves. <laughs> I've got some lemon curd you can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm keeping the whiskey and the nutmeg. I'm re-rolling both of these suckers. All right. 
I got sweet vermouth again. The gods are like, nope. Uh, or honey. All right. Uh, honey's better. Honey, nutmeg, whiskey, full on flip. Actually, you know what? That actually sounds like a winter cocktail. I might be able to make that work. All right. All right. All right. Okay, that's way better than the uh, than the jam or preserve. <laughs> I I don't know. I was thinking maybe going with like some jalapeno jam or something. I I don't know. That was that was that was brutal. That was brutal. All right, there you have it. The um, uh, the hangover magnifier. We'll call that one, or I don't know. We'll come up with a name over there. That's my working title right now. Hangover magnifier, a uh, a whiskey nutmeg honey flip coming your way next week. Can't wait. All right. Well, in the meantime, here, Bob's got a question for you. Follow us on Twitter. That's right, Bob. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Giant Cocktails. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Sonoma Y Guy. Uh, ben, where can they find you? They can find me at Watch Ben Fail on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so, or and you know feel free to rate us or you know like us or do all those fun things that will help us gain followers. So, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, you know, have a great week and uh, go Giants. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. <laughs>